I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, a little bit about December, before December actually started. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 342, December. And I'm going with December because I really couldn't figure out what to call it. Some days I pulled together what I think I'll say. And I think, where's the art? Where's the art? There has to be some kind of art in this show. That's sort of the premise of this show. Where's the art? Some days it is a stumbling block because some days I think this isn't really a creativity matters show. It is more a life is more a yellow wallpaper sort of show. Golden notebook. I can think of lots of illusions. But I'm here. I'm here because of all the ways life is, ties in with and helps make sense of the creative journey. Or the other way around, all the ways in which the creative journey helps shape and brighten make sense of and balance the life is. There is this back and forth, this tug of war, this symbiotic relationship that is always at play in people like you and me, people who have this constant shifting and balancing and harmonizing of life is and creative journey. And I don't always know how to articulate that or how to make the most sense of it or how to make it make sense to you. I know that when I am with other people, I really get it that not everybody understands that part of me or what I'm trying to say or how that works. But I think you do. And that's why you're here. That's why you're here. And that's why I'm here. I'm here with the lights on. The little copper strand. That was an addition last year, and it's still, still really, really, really makes me happy. So I have that on. I'm here with my fa-la-la-la-la mug full of my second cup of coffee, although it's later in the day than it would seem. I'm here. And I took a spill the other day. I didn't spill my coffee. I took a spill. It's the kind of thing that will probably be retold as I fell down the stairs. But that's not exactly what happened. That makes it sound much, much worse, I guess. I didn't actually fall down the stairs, but I was going down the front stairs at night for a pickup. And because I am always skittish of things that go bump in the night and especially right now skittish of things that go bump in the night because I've seen things that go bump in the night. I was thinking of those things as I headed down the stairs and it's really dark. It's really too dark. It's darker than it really should be in this stairwell, in this passageway. And I tend to sort of dash the short distance between houses 
from the bottom step out to the sidewalk. I know how silly it is. I really do. But I kind of run that little distance. I cannot make myself just casually walk through that space. So I was going down the steps, thinking of all these things that might dart out in front of me, worried about all these things, paranoid about all these things. And when I hit the bottom step, the next thing I knew, I was face down on the sidewalk. I know that what happened is I tripped over something at the bottom. I don't understand why. It is something that has been there a really, really long time. I don't know if it had been moved. I have no idea. I don't know what happened. I don't know how it happened, but I fell. And luckily, I wasn't seriously hurt. A torn up hand, bruised knee, bruises on both arms, And when I fell, my glasses went flying. So did my keys, but my glasses went flying in the night. And right, that shouldn't happen. And my new glasses, that shouldn't happen. I've been to the glasses place so many times at this point that I am embarrassed to even think about having to go back. I just can't even cope. And my glasses, they flew off. I had to have someone else go find them in the dark, find my glasses and find my keys and retrieve the bag of trash I'd been carrying. These brand new glasses, not even a month old, not giving me the 100% I wanted, but they are what they are. I am making my piece, not even a month old on this night. And they flew off my face and they got scratched from their tumble along the sidewalk. When I saw that they were scratched, I was so, so frustrated seeing even the sliver of scuffed paint on these matte black frames. It hurt almost as much as that bloody hand. It really did. Yeah, so maybe. I've come to terms with the chipped paint on the glasses. It's not as bad as it could have been. It's not. And it's not as bad as my hand. My hand is still healing, but doing well. So all in all, it wasn't nearly as bad as it could have been. Really, it was kind of just a little fall. Although at some point, a little fall is no longer just a little fall. This happened right at the end of November, before I recorded the last few shows. And afterwards, I really had to grapple with it. I've never fallen before. I've never fallen before. And once you fall, it seeds something in your head. It plants something. And it brings up all kinds of things. You start looking at yourself differently after a fall. But that night, as I sat with ice on the worst spot, I knew how lucky I'd been. I could have broken a wrist, an arm, a leg, a hip. It felt like I hit all of those things. I was incredibly shaken, but I felt so fortunate. My hand was the biggest initial concern. All I could think about that night, because I do my drawing at night, all I could think about was I might have trouble drawing or I might not be able to knit because I'm knitting on this daily project with my mom and I couldn't, I kept looking at where the hand issue was and thinking there's no way I can hold yarn 
There's no way I can let yarn get near this. I'm not going to be able to do this project that starts December 1st. I'm not going to be able to draw. What am I going to do? But you know, I didn't break anything. And though I had one bleeding palm, I didn't have two. I didn't have two. I had a weird assortment of places that I hit, but only one palm, only one palm. The other one was just scuffed. The next morning when I sat at my computer, I even found that with a band-aid on my hand, things were still manageable. I could still type. It was just in a place that it all worked out okay. So, so fortunate. There were ways to think about it that left me indeed very grateful. And it felt poignant in a very strange way to have that happen right before the end of November, to have that moment happen, especially in a month that was not quite what I planned or expected, a month that didn't trigger the same kind of response in me it did last year a month that went very fast it slowed me down for just a minute right there at the end of November a few months ago I decided it might be fun to listen to the Harry Potter books I read them long ago but I never listened and I know people rave about the reader Jim Dale and he was the reader for the night circus that I listened to this year And when I listened to it and realized that's who it was, I thought, oh, I can really hear him doing Harry Potter. I really can. I can hear him doing Dumbledore. And I thought going back and listening to Harry Potter might be fun. It might be something to sink into when walking or when working on projects at night. So I reserved the first one at the library for audio. And I was hold number... I don't know, close to a hundred or something months. I was on hold for months, which was okay. It was fine. And then suddenly the audio appeared. It was available and I started listening and there's something charming about this. I don't know that it's quite matched up to what I thought it was going to feel like, but it has been really comforting and charming. It has been a long time since I read the books. So long. Book one came out June 26, 1997. I didn't have kids yet. I wasn't 30 yet. So book one, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. There's an allure to the idea of listening to these in series. From the beginning, one right after another, all the way through. I could shape many months around this. I could probably line up an entire year of audio just with this series. And I could work on many drawings or much knitting or even a good bit of hand stitching. Or I could sew many, many pieces at night on my machine. Could rack up many miles of walking. But I would need a list. I wouldn't need a list, but I would want a list. I should have a list. The series, the start dates, what I did while listening, what I thought, and so on. All the different things you could jot down in relation to a single focus like that. I keep thinking I need a list of Grey's Anatomy shows too. That's the series we've been watching at night. And 
I have thought that many, many times, but I've never done it. We are careening through all those seasons at a breakneck pace. And I never even made the list, but I thought about it. I need a list of holiday movies too. There are a few favorites that I want to watch, that I want to watch every year, but we always end up watching a bunch and a lot of them are just so-so. And later we aren't even sure if we watched this or that. Wouldn't it be nice to flip to the right page in a journal and know? I've been wondering what it is about some of us that we want so badly to make lists. Even if we don't really use them, we want so badly to do it. It is this almost tangible desire to make these lists. What is that drive? What is the why of it? Why do we need these lists? And how many of us want these lists and think about these lists and obsess over the idea of these lists and never start them or start them and never follow through or start them and fail to really use them or make them and then don't like how they look. We don't like our handwriting. We don't like the color we used. We use a different color at some point and then really wish we hadn't done that. Or we make them in one book and then we want them in another or we make them in one book and then we lose track of that book and we repeat the process and start it again at another point. And then we find the first one and we think, oh no, why don't we have these all together? This is not just me. I know it's not just me. There is a strange tug of war that lists both inspire and perpetuate. In some of us, some people want the list, make the list, use the list. They are really on top of the list of each and every list. And at the end of a month, they can go back and look at all these things and make a compilation list. And at the end of the year, they can go back and look at all these monthly lists and make a compilation for the year. All the things I talk about, all the things I suggest, all the things I wish I really, really did as nicely and neatly as I talk about doing. Some people do it. And then some people want the list, but can't see it through or somehow can't quite find the right balance or the right paper or the right pen or the right time or the right energy, but they still want it. It's still this refrain in their heads, a list. I keep trying to figure out why a list is always one of the most comforting of ideas. It's always compelling. It's always tantalizing. Even if I admit I'm not always the best at following through. I think it's a way of holding on, of organizing, of reining in, of giving shape to existence, of documenting, of tracking time, of trying to hold on. Somehow it feels like a way of exerting control in the face of such vast uncertainty so many things unexplained or inexplicable, so many things that lurk in the distance and in the dark, simple lists, they offer a way to make sense of things. Maybe not of all those other things, but of something, of something you can somehow control, somehow see order in. Maybe a false sense, maybe a false sense, but it is something, even if you are only thinking about making a list. It is something, it speaks maybe to an inner need, to a response to things going on, 
the most basic of lists. Getting it out of your head and onto a scrap of paper helps free your mind, that's for sure, and helps you not forget certain things like what you just realized you are out of in the kitchen or will be out of and want to remember to get. I need to get back to a point where I do the things I think. I'm always feeling like I'm trying to get better and better and better at doing these things and making these things a part of really how I move through my days. And I do little bits and pieces of all of it. But I always want to be better at it. I always feel like if I can really unlock the process, there's something magical on the other side. And it doesn't always mean you really need the list. You just need to do the list. And you might be really glad you have the list. My list right now, my list right now, even thinking about my list right now, it always takes me back to Linda Berry, to quadrant journaling, the parts of quadrant journaling that really work for me, which doesn't involve all four panels, and to the poetry of lists, to the poetry of lists, to the comfort somehow in seeing these line items all line up in a row with their odds and ends and edges and sharp angles and little fragments and bits and pieces and non sequiturs and the ways in which somehow they do start to go together. They do start to tell something cohesive about a moment in time. Who we are in a moment in time. And we don't ever have enough time to write down all the things that go on such a list. So when we do write something down, we look at it and we think, wow, that's one of the things that made it to this list. It must mean something. My list right now, some people is better than no people. A character said that in a show, straight to the heart. In the days after Spark, there were moments of light, the kind of light I was hoping for. In November. I've listened to some podcasts recently that have made me laugh out loud, really laugh out loud. And I've listened to some that have made me think and some that have made me want to read. And all of them make me wish for certain things. These months are always reflective. I unwound Christmas lights from the windows in the living room so that I could take down the dust-covered curtains to be washed. I've watched countless planner videos, still trying to sort out what I might want to use and realizing that some products sound different when said aloud than I assumed. So often the case. So often the case with names like these. And I was going to say them, but I think I won't. I am still wishing it was easier to just go to one of those in-person sketching groups. And I keep trying to imagine myself being there, showing up, fitting that in and fitting in and being comfortable and not being completely awkward. And I just can't, can't quite picture it. As much as I'd like to, I can't quite picture it. Some people are better 
and no people. When I got up yesterday morning in the dark and walked down the hall, the glow of the lights on the tree was a surprise. The kids, up later than me the night before, had not thought to turn them out. When I asked them about it later, we thought they went out on their own. I saw chairs on corners multiple times this week. Multiple times. And one captured my whimsy, a striped chair sitting discarded behind a fenced-in Christmas tree lot. And in the rainy gray light of the week, the glow of artificially colored white and pink trees coming through the covering of that lot, it was casting these warm tones on the scene. And the striped chair was there, forgotten. Day after day, it was still there. And on another day, a simple armless black leather chair at a corner next to a stop sign. Sitting at an angle, it wasn't even straight. Both of these chairs, poignant, quiet, lonely, sad. There is something beautiful, though, every time you see a chair on a corner or on a sidewalk. There is a story there. It's not always a happy story. There is that feeling of sadness. But there is a story. Chairs hold stories. Whimsy. A mutant ninja turtle strung to the back of a truck and hanging down below the license plate. And catching sight of it in the rain one morning totally brought a smile. With the curtains down, the view out the windows is stunning. It's beautiful. Something I've loved ever since we have been here. But at points in the day, it is far too bright. Every time I drive past a car with a tree on top, I smile. I smile. There's something so, so whimsical to it and so cozy and so Norman Rockwell. We don't use a live tree, so there's something about it every time I see it. It's just so, I don't know, so charming. I contemplated a portrait last night. I contemplated a portrait. I knew that it would steady me. I haven't done a portrait in weeks. And I miss it. When I take a break from them, it is always so clear the role they play for me and how much I flounder when I stop. When I'm doing them, I always think I should be doing other things. And when I stop doing them, I flounder. We've had a lot of deadlines recently. We have a lot of change coming. Things have not worked out in our favor. Some things worked out exactly as I expected, but not as I hoped. I did hold out a sliver of hope that somehow something might work out. And now we know what we do next. I have no idea. The curtains wrinkled badly. The curtains wrinkled badly. We spent hours, hours, hours undoing little twist ties one by one that were holding each of hundreds of lights on our prelit tree to remove them, to remove them. Hours. I made a list yesterday of the things we have to do in the next week. Things to get ready so that we don't miss 
this time of year. And on that list, iron the curtains, hang the curtains. I started a book that I kept hearing about, and I'm finally number two in line for the bullet journal book. Finally, number two. And I think the timing might end up nice for the end of the year, maybe. I think it'll be a refresher read, but I'm really interested in seeing it. I've been chipping away, and that is the most literal description. Chipping away at first with a credit card, and then with a little plastic tool that I found in one pencil holder or another. Chipping away with a wet paper towel at a border on one wall in the living room. Wet it, chip away, wet it some more. The most manual approach to this task ever. And I still love this paper. I still love it. I have always loved it. I painted a piece of furniture to match it all those years ago. But I'm chipping away without even thinking about it, without doubting it. I didn't know it was time. I didn't know it was time. And yet, I guess somehow it is time. I am chipping away at it. Bit by bit bit by bit, and then it's going to be gone. Maybe nothing lasts. Iron the curtains. Hang the curtains. Someone laughed at me for putting those as two separate things. Of course I did. Those are two separate things. Those are two separate things on a list. Not only are they two separate things, but one of them I can completely do on my own. The second one, I may need help. So I can control one but not completely the other, although I will probably try. Two separate things on my list. My list today is short, relatively speaking. My list is short. It could be longer. It could be much more concise or much more poetic. could be more colorful. could invoke all kinds of different responses and reactions. Not everything makes it to the page. There is truth in that. And by hand, if I had to write this list, it would be even shorter. There is truth in that too, a sad reality. That's the back and forth, the bouncing back and forth between the desire to make all these lists on paper and the reality of how much time they take and how much I don't really like to write by hand. I wish I did. I wish I did. The lists I want and the way I envision them. I am a long way from meeting that. I wish I had made this kind of list today on paper. It would take a lot of time to write it on paper. The list means a lot to me. I don't know what it means to you in hearing. But I hope it makes you think about your list. Your life is right now. Your creative journey. Are you floundering? Are you on track? Have you fizzled out as this year is drawing to a close? I've seen all kinds of systems seem to go by the wayside. December is an interesting point in time. And maybe we just sink into it. And for a few weeks, we refocus. Looking forward to that last week of December. I like that last week too. I like all of December. But I did think about a portrait last night. And I really think that's probably what I need to do. 
When I first got ready for the show, December wasn't here yet. And I wasn't sure what the month would bring. And now it is here and I still don't know. Really. I hate it when that happens. I feel like I didn't get to figure it all out before it started. And now already a week is over. And at the time when I got ready for this show, when I should have recorded this show, I wasn't ready to turn on holiday lights yet. Part of me wanted to, and yet part of me was resisting it. I was somehow waiting. In the week plus since then, my hand is still healing. I've turned the lights on. They are on now. I've had holiday music playing a good bit. The lists I have set up to distribute, I've played over and over and over and over. And even though the first week of December is over, I still feel like I don't know what the month will bring. I don't have an art plan for this month other than a daily goal to draw whatever it takes to meet that goal. And that happened last year. That happened last year. Feels like it happens in December. In coming weeks, I don't know what December will bring as we wind down this year. It's a bit of a stopgap. A span of time in which I just close my eyes, shut out the worry, and desperately wish things could slow down. And it never does. December is my favorite, but maybe it just comes at the wrong time of year. I hope December brings magic for each of us. For each of us, for each of you. A kind word here or there. A small victory. A bit of respite from worry or pain. An unexpected smile. An invitation. A cup of tea. A break in the clouds. A flash of sunrise or the glow of sunset bouncing off houses and hills in the distance. That rosy glow. I hope so much for each of us that the month will hold what we need. What we need. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for this show. That is it for this show. Sometimes life is. (laughs) Ends up taking longer than art is. I did have a book that I was going to throw in today, and I'm not going to. I think it will disrupt the semi-flow that this kind of conversation has. Somehow this does hold together, even if you don't view it as really about creativity. It is about life, and it does hold together. So I do have a book. My discussion of this book, I think, is very short. I will tuck it in another show. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatters at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatters.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy and as Creativity Matters Podcast. Thank you to those of you who do support the show at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativitymatters. I do have several other shows lined up for this year and several sort of TBD shows, things I want to talk about and want to do. And I honestly don't know how many of those will happen. I do know that I always wish I could do more in December than I typically can, but I will be back and I hope your days of December are going well. Remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone.